Hello and welcome to The Fandamentalist, the fandom podcast investigating all aspects of geeky media. Oh no, this is all my fault. There's something else at the core of my unhappiness that, that I didn't realize. When did that become a bad thing? I'm not dead. It seems I'm the only one with a mind of my own. Go, go. I would not wish you back again. I am not going to dump another thousand-year-old complex on you or anybody else. Welcome to the I Disappoint Dad Club. The theme song you just heard is Good Riddance by R. Soner, available on the Free Music Archive. And we should probably check if it's still there. My name is Kylie, and here with me today are Julia. Oh, hi. And Gretchen. Hey, everybody. The three of us do still write, yes, for thefandamentals.com, a website with many more talented writers who are much more active than we are. So you should check it out for all sorts Mm -hmm. of geeky news and reviews and things of that nature. If you want to support us also for just $3 a month, and this goes a really long way, we promise you, you can become a Fandamentals Plus subscriber. What do you get out of it? You get some deals for our store, which is going to be overhauled fairly soon. So hopefully some more exciting options for you, as well as access to exclusive articles. I promise I'm going to write more. Uh, (laughs) Hangouts in a Discord channel and podcasts and other exclusive things. Uh, We do it all. We're we're still trying to figure out video streaming ever since Google ended it with YouTube. Which is dumb because... That same company owns both, so I really don't understand why they shot themselves in the foot, but whatever. I'm guessing Google's rolling something else out, like they seem to do that, or maybe it's a YouTube Red thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care to find out. Yeah, like, just, why do things have to change? We all know how I feel about change. Leave us your thoughts on change in the comments. (laughs) I'm just tying it into Steven Universe somehow. So, look, if you're listening to this, you're probably well aware, right, the fundamentalist has been a pop-up podcast for some time now yep life life it it got us yes yeah 2019 (laughs) man i feel like it's just been kind of a mess for lots of people i know like our wasn't our very first episode called good riddance 2016 oh my god just i feel like 2017 and 2018 not much different yeah 2019 especially though i mean we just life I just don't yes. even know where this year went. Um, yep. But it's all good now. I quit my job, so that helps. <laughs> Yay! No, in all seriousness, we're going to make a concerted effort to bring you at least a monthly podcast from now on. That does mean we have to, like, consume shows that we could talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but movies, you know, that exists too. There's going to be a new Star Wars coming in December, so... We will definitely be talking about that. Wait, a, wait did you just say there's going to be a new Star Wars? Yes. I was making an Arrested Development reference. Yes. I... Go see a Star Wars. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars. Uh, Julia's had it. Does not approve. <laughs> but we are going to try to keep the same format uh, as we've done before, where we have fandom news, understanding it's going to be monthly news. So really just the cream of the crop there, right? Uh, as well as... If by cream of the crop, you mean whatever Gretchen randomly found today <laughs> exactly. in the like 20 minutes that I had to write the news. Thank you, Gretchen. I was making dinner. <laughs> but then we're also going to have two segments that are very serious analysis of media, as well as a fun segment that is, you know, fun, I am told. 
As uh, opposed to the other things. We don't have fun in anything else. Only never. in the fun segment. Uh, so what are we doing here today? Steven Universe. Hooray! We love Steven Universe. We do. We do. It's it's a fave. Uh, that is a child's cartoon airing on Cartoon Network. For those who don't know, you should watch it just like we do. Because we're good role models. <laughs> oh, my God. But they- it just recently had a movie come out. Steven Universe, the movie, beginning of September. So we're going to talk about that movie. We are. It's a musical extravaganza. And then in the middle of that, for fun, I'm going to try and convince Gretchen and Julia to watch some anime. Yeah. Sound- sounds exciting. But first, got to kick it off with fandom news. And the biggest news ever is that the 2019 <laughs> Emmys were last night. So maybe a week ago when you're listening to this. Yeah. And what one outstanding drama? Gee, I wonder. I wonder what one outstanding drama. I was mean, it like, I'm sorry, Game but. Game of Thrones? How are we supposed to take this as an institution seriously? I don't know. The Emmys? I feel like- Everybody hated it. We discussed this. Well, I mean, it's one of those, like, the show's over, throw an award at them. Mm-hmm. thing kind of like when return of the king came out and it won all of those oscars yeah but people like that movie that's and true he, i mean return of the king was the weakest in the trilogy but it was still like a good movie game of thrones was barely a show by its end point <laughs> i mean it was something it was a collection <laughs> of random scenes smashed together so okay. yeah game of thrones I- won even though it did not win for best writing, it didn't win for uh, best direction, even though Benioff and Boyce were super trying with that finale. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they did have a Liberty Bell. It was liberty symbolic. Bell. Oh, my God. And the, the, um, the Her Satanic Majesty Dragon Wings. Yes. the Yeah. The Danny's now a fascist. And also Very a dragon. Very subtle imagery with dragon wings. Um, Dinklage oh did God. win as his... Uh, supporting actor uh, award, um, he's twenty-four. No. no, I mean no? he didn't do a bad job, but just no, he didn't do a good job. But either. but he was able to go like when he was a prisoner, he was able to elect the king. I feel like should he not deserve an award for being like literally on trial and being like, you know what, you should do instead of killing me, let me decide who's the next ruler of Westeros. That's a great idea. He didn't. Then- so did Tyrion win best? acting at me or did peter dinklage <laughs> i don't know he, he didn't really have good material this year um no. i'm not like surprised he won but it just it's kind of a weak one uh but yeah none of the female actors actually got shut out from game of thrones too so amelia clark uh, gwendolyn christie uh Maisie williams and sophie turner didn't and and i think lena Headey was up also so none of them won anything lena no. Headey was barely in it but like well, yeah. yeah, but she's done fine work over the years if we're handing out, like, consolation Emmys for it being over. True. <laughs> and Kit yeah. Harrington certainly did not win anything. Oh, my gosh. I want a compilation of all of the times this season when he should have had a line. When, like, someone says something that very clearly Jon Snow should respond to, but instead he just kind of stares at them and says nothing. He gets, like, a, a sad look on his face and then, like... <laughs> I feel like it would be like 10 minutes of just Jon Snow like staring at the camera instead of actually talking. When Julie and I go to rewatch this for our retrospective series, Gretchen, I'm going to do a supercut for you. Yes, please. It's, I mean, by the, once you start, someone pointed it out to me that like there were like by the third time and then the rest of the season, all I could do was notice. Oh, John should have said something. Or like take a drink every time an actual discussion is interrupted. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's start the actual discussion. Yeah, take what a about drink the drink when, when we have to watch 10 minutes of actual, uh, bullshit and then they kind of wait before the actual content of the conversation. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Amelia Clark, I'm a little sad for just because she acted her face she off. Did. Yeah. I feel like for all of the years that they were like, don't move your face. She, like, made up for all of the years that she was told not to move her face this season, and it was really good. Like, I hate her arc. I hate Danny's arc. I hate the story that they gave her. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, Amelia Clark did a really good job with really awful storytelling. She's, like, the only thing that made it even reasonably – I can't even say it was reasonably good because it wasn't even reasonably good. She's the only thing that saved it from just being total, utter, just shit. In uh, the acceptance speech, I think Weiss said, our actors make us write better or make the writing better. I forget which way he said it. Something like that. So that's about Only itself- one of those is true. Yeah, so that's about as self-aware as they're ever going to get. Yeah. Um, but enough about that. Can we talk about Gwendolyn Christie's dress? Oh, my gosh. I put this in because... Okay, I do, I'm, I'm just going to say, I don't usually spend my time talking about what celebrities are wearing. Continue. I don't normally either, but I just love that she basically had someone design for her, like, a Mrs. Lannister gown. Please don't tell me that she would change her name, too. Like, that if Brienne of Tarth married Jamie Lannister, this is what she would wear. Complete with lion head epaulets with, like, raw sapphires in their mouth, which is also a dirty joke. But I'm not going to, but you can fill in the blanks yourself. Um, I just love that. Because it felt like she was definitely just kind of giving the middle finger to HBO for the way that they treated her character. And I approve of any and all forms of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. Like, just, also, I shut just, up. Sometimes, like, I can only imagine an actor who's, like, actually invested in the character they've been portraying for, like, more than five years. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've thought about her and... You know, they have, like, headcanons for her that make her more real, and then, like, that happens to her. So, yeah. It kind of makes me sad that, like, these actors were still putting thought into it. Like, yeah, I understand yeah, that makes me really sad. Yep. Yeah, I, I understand the professionals, and it's kind of like when uh, Marjorie Terrell or Nat Dormer and the High Septon actor and uh, Lita Heaty got together to make sense of what was going on. Or even, like, Kesha Cashel Hughes talking about how, like, meditation is super important in Dorne because they're warrior monks. <laughs> oh, boy, I forgot about that. I don't think I'd ever heard that before. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, no, because she's really trying to, like, get mm-hmm. into the character of Obara, yeah. which is just tragic. Yeah, and there's some kind of, like, Dornish Bushido thing, apparently. I guess? Yeah. But yeah, anyway, shout out to uh, Chris Von Hooten also for showing up because I think it actually might be like her child's artwork that she was wearing. Uh, If not, there's a whole lot of stuff going on with that outfit. It has pockets. Yeah. And then Jamie Lannister, where uh, Nikolaj Kostarwada was actually like kind of dressed as if a modern day Lannister would be with just an ugly gold blazer. It was bad looking. I mean, he had to look nice for his wedding. Yeah, on brand. Anyway, can we... Anything else about the uh, Emmys of note? Um, Just, I don't take them seriously anymore. If I ever did, which I don't think I did. Oh, sorry, I was muted. Um, I I mean, they're definitely not as prestigious as the Carol Awards. That's true. I was going to say, I'm really glad that Billy Dee Porter won for Pose for lead actor. Just because ever since Billy Dee Porter won that, wore that, um, the tux dress, 
I think it was to some other award ceremony earlier this year. I just yeah. think it, I just really like Billy Dee Porter. So I'm glad that he won. Good that was him. his plan, you know? And then Yay. Eve and Killing Eve won? Yeah, Jodie Comer. I know a lot yeah, of people really like yeah. Killing Eve, so Jodie Comer won. And she- that show is what they call well acted. Yeah. What's funny yeah. is you could tell that she was not at all expecting to win. Because when she won, she kind of had this, like, frantic look on her face. I was like, oh, crap, I didn't even prepare a speech because I didn't even think that I would win. Did she think Amelia Clark would win? And, uh... Probably. Fleabag cleaned up at the comedy department. Yes, And I've never even heard of that show. about that. I'd never heard of it either, but Bo was really happy about it, so I think I might, like, want to check it out Yeah, Bo has good taste. Yeah, he always does. He liked the Steven Universe movie. Yay. Um, okay. What else is going on in the world? So, Eric like actually, and- uh, no. okay, yeah. go ahead, Gretchen. Um, other than it being on fire, um, like literally, should we and talk about like it's the Prime Minister of Canada and his three blackface pictures? No. <laughs> no. Okay, so go on. Anyway, uh, Erica Durrance and Tom Welling, who played Clark Kent and Lois Lane on mm-hmm, Smallville, mm-hmm. are going to be reprising their roles for. Th- the CW's DC TV crossover of Crisis on Infinite Earths, and apparently that makes a lot of people excited. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of fangirling here. This is actually the first I heard of it. Um, the only thing is that Erica Durrance was already in the DC TV universe. She portrayed Alora Zorel. Oh yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm really really fangirling here because, like, by far Lois was the best thing on Smallville. Tom Welling. He's a, he's a model who they gave an acting role to, but mm-hmm. like you know, Smallville, Smallville, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, I don't I don't know what they're doing. They're they're just using her in two roles, I guess, makeup or something. Maybe they're I like mean, Simons. it is it is Crisis on Infinite Earths, so they're from. I'm assuming they're from an alternate Earth, and maybe an alternate Earth where Lois Lane just happens to look like exactly Clark, like Laura Zorro. like Clark Kent's aunt, which is not at all weird. Oh, I guess nope, better than weird. his mom. <laughs> I mean, true. Maybe it was like an aunt by marriage, and it's just a coincidence. <laughs> uh, uh, we don't no, need to unpack that. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, but yeah, uh, Frozen <laughs> Two, the Frozen Two trailer came out. Yeah, I am absurdly excited about Frozen Two. I actually need to get Griffin to watch Frozen One so that we can go watch. You just Frozen want all 2. your head cannons confirmed. I just want them to be Martells, and I feel like I'm going to go watch Frozen 2, and that's not going to be the case, because, you know, it's like a Disney movie. That's how I feel about Winds of Winter. Yeah. That's how I feel about the Breath of the Wild sequel, also. Eh, maybe not so much with that, because Zelda's just canonically dutiful. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I actually didn't watch the second trailer yet, though. Is it, does it really expand on the, like, climate change is coming to kill us all theme of the first trailer? Well, there's this, like, magic forest that has been shut off from the rest of the world and looks like Elsa's powers might come from there um because oh. she like she the, the like the mist that guards the magic forest like parts for her when she goes in and then the people who are there who look like they may be first people coded like native american coded yeah, in yeah. their design um are like how did you learn magic um so from maybe- trolls <laughs> Did they establish that she learned it from the no, trolls? No, the trolls no. just mind wiped Anna because that's good parenting. Right, yep. Yeah. Um, Anna has a, wears her hair down 
I was oh. like, oh, oh. she lo- she kind of looks like Princess Leia in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, on Endor. Kinda, it, it kind of reminded me of when Katara lets her hair down more in season three, and you're like, yay, she looks nice. Yep. So yeah, there's a there's an enchanted forest, and they're going into the enchanted forest and meeting new people. So cool. It does look like there are a lot of uh, m- catastrophes that have to do with nature. So if yeah. If Elsa gets a girlfriend, or if there's dutiful Martells confirmed, I'll be happy. Elsa's not going to get a girlfriend. And it's, they're like... not going to be dutiful either. It's a kid's movie. But like, <laughs> <laughs> Let me dream. Let me have headcanons. I still need to fix the first one. I mean, maybe Disney will tell us that she has a girlfriend like somewhere off screen mm. at a later date, There is I a, suppose. There is a new female character. Yeah, maybe that's just her friend. And they're like, that was totally gay representation. Did you see it? They right. smiled at each other. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or they hugged. They'll like, or maybe there will be like a bright column of light and they'll like hold hands in front of it and the movie will be over. <laughs> I can't think of what, hey, okay, you know what? At the time that aired in 2014, it may not have been a slam dunk for representation, but it was a significant inching forward, damn it. No, I was making fun of Disney because it was important when that happened in 2014 and now it's 2019 and they probably would be like, look, what great representation. Oh, yeah, that's actually a good and point. Could be like, that's really well, sad. That was five years ago. We had that five years ago, guys. Wow. Uh, Remember so- when Steven Universe had like a literal gay wedding? All of them are gay, pretty much. <laughs> that was like last year. Yeah. So yeah, step it up, Disney. So Gretchen, you wrote down Hustlers is really good, as is Ad Astra. What is that the one with Jennifer Lopez and the strippers who blackmail people? Yeah, Hustlers yes. is inspired by true events post the 2008 um, market crash, and it follows a group of sex workers who are exploiting rich old white wall street dudes so it feels very empowering to watch it's delightful i really enjoyed it and it was funny like it made me laugh out loud several times i think it got like banned in malaysia or something probably j-lo is amazing does a really good job um she looks really really good and she's also 50 and that's impressive she's is she 50 in the movie yeah she is 50 years old in real life and I'm never going to look that good ever, much less at 50 years old. <laughs> um, yeah, it's also very heavily, like, queer. There's some queer subtext to it. I, I'm okay with that. But, I'm debating yeah. whether or not I should see the Downton Abbey movie. Oh. And Ad Astra's a sci-fi. Yes, and Ad Astra sounds good. It's at, What was interesting is it's advertised almost like it's a straightforward action sci-fi, but it felt very... It's very personal and intimate, and it's very much a story of, like, internal character journey, and I loved it. It's very artsy. I did not expect it to be as artsy as it was. The cinematography and sound editing were amazing. Really, really good. Yeah, Downton Abbey sounds like the, like, cinematic equivalent of, like, pink marshmallow fluff. (laughs) I haven't even seen the trailer, so... I mean, I only watched the first season, I think, so I have no idea what's happening. I mean, it goes... I've watched it, two. I think it goes it downhill fast. just in terms of like it turns more soap opera y, I suppose. Yeah. That I feel like that And it's just sense. eventually becomes about like Lord Grantham is like terrible at money. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he learned money management from Tywin Lannister. 
right. Well, to close out the segment, today is by visibility day. By the time you're listening to it, I think it will be a week from uh, today. But right. yeah, happy happy visibility to all all the bisexuals out there, <laughs> of, of which I am one. I will be visible. Hey. I am I am one, and I am also visible. At least I assume that I am not invisible. I'm I sure am the token straight person. Yay! Yes. Always, you're a favorite Yay. token straight. We oh, accept thank you, you. Julia. Every other day is for me to be visible. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, bi erasure is still a thing. I think, uh, mm-hmm, especially sure. nowadays, more with men than with women. But um, we both oh, yeah. we, we both have different sides of what that looks like, and none of it is fun. So yay! <laughs> Good news segment. Mm-hmm. So speaking of. Uh, sexuality uh, I, I don't know i have no transition let's talk about steven universe everyone steven universe it's been the how long since the movie came out just a couple weeks I oh think really it came out like the third of september oh okay that, that's pretty good for us oh lois what are your big plans after europe are you gonna go back to school i have a feeling that if i'm gonna get an education it's gonna be in the real world um so there's a steven universe movie what yeah when did it come out earlier this month like three weeks ago. Yeah, it was September. I think it was the sixth. Yeah. Oh well, you want to like talk about it for the entire episode? Absolutely, I do. Let's do that. So be warned if you have not yet watched the Steven Universe movie. First of all, do it. Second of all, there will be full spoilers that we are talking about. So plot things and all that. <laughs> yeah, uh, mostly theme things, probably. Mostly though. theme things. I guess to give a quick rundown of the movie. Uh. Everything's great and perfect. There's been like a time jump since. Yeah, like two years. The diamonds were like, mm-hmm. well, you know what? Let's stop our ways. <laughs> Let's not be colonizers anymore. Let's not colonize everything because that's bad, you guys. So then Steven goes back home and he and the gems sing a song about how everything's totes awesome right now. And then out of the blue, the spaceship comes with like a big injector thing into the earth. It's pink for girls. It's a pink. Yeah, okay. Yep. I, I guess so. And uh, it immediately begins poisoning the earth around. And then mm-hmm. this this gem pops out, and the gem is Spinel, who is designed coincidentally exactly like Mickey Mouse. Yep. Like the old the old Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, like, like Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And she's like, I'm getting revenge because Rose left me or i'm sorry pink pink diamond i was yeah. pink diamond's like special friend and then pink no left you're me. like this is like a reveal it takes a while to reveal this okay i'm sorry fine she just came she has a vendetta against pink and and everyone is like who is this person except for pearl who's like oh that person pearl remembers right yeah. and she has like this wand <laughs> that makes them all have amnesia right mm-hmm. yeah it, it like reverses all their character development as peridot helpfully pointed out it basically <laughs> just resets them yeah like, to- instead of when they're poofed instead of like coming back with just like new outfits they're totally re- like it's like setting the reset to factory settings but yeah yeah and that includes spinel who gets hit with her own device so she's just like super nice and happy uh, yeah when she's she like this back. extremely hyper clown who's also like a five-year-old child yes exactly <laughs> Uh, so she she's no help. She doesn't have any vendetta against Pink because she's been re- reset at this point. Yeah, she just I'm wants sorry, to play. I'm spoiling the whole movie, even though I said there'd be spoilers. Uh, so 
Steven realizes Pearl knew who that was, so he has to somehow figure out how to get their memories back. And the way to get their memories back is to kind of, like, jog their memories with very... Yeah, like, you have to, like, hit all of their character development plot points. <laughs> like, gar- like, they make... Um, Amethyst comes back first. Yeah, and they, they take her, like, on a road trip and sing a song, and that does it. <laughs> and uh, it's, like, her friendship with Steven. Like, what yeah. she represents is, like, friendship like real deep friendship yeah and that dynamic and i think they instantly fuse too when they come back for a second don't they yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, do they smoky yeah they, i know smoky comes yeah i missed that yeah. um but yeah like the, the, there was this like hilarious bit with garnet uh they had ruby and sapphire and they were trying to get them to fuse and so there is this whole thing with the giant pizza cutter it was just so hilarious and there was this, the, the heaven earth beetle for their african constitutional just my that favorite bit in the whole movie <laughs> i i assumed you would like that very yeah. much um, it, it should be noticed lapis uh, noted lapis peridot and bismuth are all there and not, yeah. none of them get hit with it but they're just kind of like they, they're not really around for these crucial events in the first place so they, they can only be so helpful so they're like all on board trying to help Steven, but yeah, they're, they're still like, just more. We will help our friends, and they sing a song about. Because there is this entire colony of gems, all uh, of the... like next to Beach City. Yeah, all the gems that Steven had rescued from the temple or and so healed, it's presumed, yeah. Um, now live on what they call Little Home World. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like building this like windmill or something. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I should note the whole thing too was framed like a Disney story. So there's yeah. like a, a narrator at the beginning, and the songs are just very like old school Disney esque. It's yeah. There, there's this whole like you know the beginning of Sleeping Beauty with the book. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, unabashed and, and Beauty and the Beast too, but it's just mm-hmm. unabashedly a, a musical too, which is great. Like all of Stephen, like all of it, but mm-hmm. all of it. It's so wonderful. Uh, so yeah, Amethyst gets her memory back, uh, Garnet gets her memory back for Pearl. I think they, they actually, Amethyst transformed into, uh, Rose to try and jog Yeah, but they had to do, like, the entire rock song, and it was all about, like, fusion and being independent together. Yeah. Yeah, they were trying to basically, like, remind her that she needed to be independent from Pink Diamond. Because, oh, because that was the thing, when Pearl reset, she became Greg's pearl oh my yeah. god that was the best part though, i mean it was kind of disturbing but also hilarious yeah it was I hilarious she, she'd be like well she kept calling him um greg universe because that's what he said his name was when he, she's like who are you and he goes um greg universe and then so she just keeps going i have to help my um greg universe yes like, the whole time and then there's like she, he, she'll just be like washing his car in the background and, what are you doing i own a car wash yeah so it was she, wonderful so she basically becomes greg's servant yeah so yeah like the, the first good part of the movie is just kind of like revisiting the the character development highlights to get everyone back and then spinel i guess gets her memory back at some point i know that happens yeah because it's revealed because you already spoiled it that she was like some kind of like official royal playmate for pink diamond yeah she was just like created for that purpose yeah and they had they she had this like floating asteroid garden in space where she would go hang out with spinel and just play and then as soon as her moms give her like a job she like just ditched her her. like like literally ditched like told her like stay still right there i'll be right back and then you can come back for six thousand years which have i ever expressed my opinion that rose was a pos 
Yeah. And then Steven, Steven's like, oh, that doesn't sound right. Actually, nope, that's exactly what she'd do. Yep, yep, yeah. that checks. So then there's a couple, like, back and forth with Spinell where Steven tries to, like, talk to her that things mm-hmm. will be different and things are better. But then yeah, Spinell, that she definitely deserved better. That she deserved better, but then Spinell thinks he's going to leave her again or that he's annoyed with her again, so she kind of doubles down, and then mm-hmm. they, they talk it out again. Yeah. Essentially, right? Like, it's talking. Yeah, that's that's what Steven does. And eventually she's just like, okay, fine, I'll stop the like whole genocide thing that I'm doing. And then as soon as that happens, Steven's like, great, now we can put up this whole thing. And then Spinell is like, um, so does that mean forgetting me as well? And then she just like has like, what does she have? An episode <laughs> where she's just, her entire fear of abandonment and anger just comes to the fore and she's just like, oh, you've been using me all along and yeah. your overtures of friendship are not sincere. You just wanted me to stop killing your planet. and <laughs> Which, like, fair. Yeah. Fair. Is the genocide when it's the entire planet? I don't even, like. Yeah. <laughs> well, she definitely thinks that Steven was not sincere and he was just like, oh, I'll be your friend and I'll oh, be yeah, a yeah, much yeah. better friend than my mom was. And um, so, yeah, and that's when Steven realizes that his character development has been completely rolled back because he doesn't want anything to change. But what he's learned is that things have to change. And his superpower is change. His first superpower was change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the diamonds show up and are like, oh, we're still obsessed with with Pink Diamond. Spinel is still obsessed with Pink Diamond. Let's hang out. (laughs) <laughs> and we'll take care of you. And then they go back to Homeworld. And you kind of remind yeah. us of her because you're like goofy. Pink. You're pink and you and were goofy. you were her favorite played thing, maybe. And you're, yeah. you're Steamboat Willie, so. <laughs> I mean, like role. sometimes when I feel upset that my son is a surly teenager now, I like go into his room and look at all his old stuffed animals. Right. It's kind of like that, I guess. So then you adopt them and hang out with them and pretend that they're your kid? <laughs> well, thankfully, Cuddle Monkey doesn't actually have a brain, so, or any kind of consciousness. Yeah, it's a, it's a monkey. He called him Cuddle adorable. Monkey. Yeah, and there was also this, like, little dragon called Cutie, and he was to, like, put him down the front of his shirt so only his little head was showing. Aww. And he would go to the park like that. It's, 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 like, one of those, like, kangaroo dad pouches, but, like, for his tiny little dragon stuffy. Yeah, so he's 13 now. Anyway, that was the Steven Universe movie. Yes. And, and some brief story about Joya's son. Her son, Yen. We're talking Steven Universe here. He's yes, he just turned 13 about a week ago, and I'm, I'm not even close to over it. So. No, 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 no. Although that reminds me. I probably will have already posted about this on Tumblr, but Julia's birthday is at the end of September, so please wish her a happy birthday in any way you can. The, my only... Uh, the only day I love more than my birthday is Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Julia loves yeah. being wished Happy Mother's Day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Steven Universe. Valentine's wow, what a good day. recap of that. Hey, mine. guys, what did you think? I didn't like the ending. <laughs> okay, expand on that. <laughs> um, No, just like, I mean, it probably has more to do with like, you know, getting the voice back to act. Back, the voice back to act. The voice <laughs> actor back and things like that. But just like, like, no, like, Spinell's not done. Like, what are you doing? Just, like, shoving her off to Homeworld? If you want to actually develop her, then let her stay and develop. And, like, what's a, essentially a codependent relationship. Of, yeah. Like, need. Yeah. And- like, th- this is not any kind of, like, solution to anything. Like, 
Yeah. You know, she she clearly needs the therapeutic value of Earth. <laughs> right. Or just get a therapist. Because, like, instead of being able to be loved for who she is, she's being mm-hmm. loved for reminding someone of somebody else. Yeah, and they're all just like, this is all like a clean start for her. She gets to right. start a friendship where there isn't any baggage. and But just like, no, no, but I don't buy it. the thing is, it's not starting a friendship that doesn't have any baggage. There's, a, there's yeah. a ton of baggage on both sides. The baggage is both of them are still obsessed with Pink Diamond and want Pink Diamond back. Everyone yeah, well, it, everyone does. They, they're literally singing, let us adore you, because you yeah. remind us of her as they take her back. That's not, that's the I opposite mean, of no baggage. I mean, how many times have we expressed a concern like this about CB Universe and then they pleasantly surprised us? So maybe mm. we shouldn't get all yet but yeah i mean to be honest like i didn't think that hard about spinel's endpoint. i think when you focus on it from like steven and mm-hmm. what it what it's reminding us of because it's basically like I, I wouldn't even remotely call it a clip show but it's reminding us of the work that these characters have had yeah and like how far everything's come and i found it satisfying to that point um spinel herself was a little bit of a weak character i think just a general yeah, I had a totally, I really liked her visual design. There have been some stuff that's come out about her visual design that she goes from looking like, so her like original form is a lot like Mickey Mouse and has a lot of Mickey Mouse, the original Mickey Mouse's weird, wacky, like, you know, yeah, enlarging like, its um, hands. Spaghetti arm kind of thing. Yeah, that kind of wacky tune um, idea. And I guess Rebecca Sugar talked about how she was, referencing that Spinel is kind of a, a relic of an older time, both like visually as a cartoon character because she's like old Mickey Mouse and in terms of her place in the diamond like culture, she's mm-hmm. like a relic of an older time, which I think is interesting. But she goes from looking like old Mickey Mouse to looking like, I think the character is called Lucky Rabbit, who's like a forgotten tune that looks really angry. Like when she is corrupted and has like her long pigtails instead of the little hearts, like she looks like a different Disney cartoon character that everyone's kind of forgotten about. So there's like- Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's uh, apparently Oswald the Lucky Rabbit who was around during like vic- vintage Mickey Mouse time. Right. So it's a there's some interesting visual symbolism going on. I had a much more negative reaction to Spinel than I think both of you did. Yes. Um, Because it felt, to me, when I watched it, and part of this is probably coming off of Game of Thrones. I think all of it, but yeah, continue. (laughs) A lot of it. And then they did something similar on The Handmaid's Tale, where you have, like, a jilted lover, like, goes crazy and, like, does some horrible things. Like, Danny burns down a city, and this character on Handmaid's Tale, I guess, is really awful to a couple of children because, like, her lover rejects her. So, to me, watching it, it felt less like childhood playmate than like old girlfriend like my old girlfriend i you know turned down my old girlfriend and abandoned her and now she's going to come back and destroy a whole planet because you know (laughs) she's mad that i like it just felt weird it felt like a really weird story to tell especially to resolve so happily is like she just just tried to try to destroy the whole planet i mean because, because because pink diamond left her alone in a garden I think, like, one of the things about Pink Diamond is that, like, because she's, like, you know, royalty, I guess, it feels more like a political thing than a personal thing, almost, if that makes mm. any sense. That, like, some, I mean, I, yeah, I like, just... it doesn't feel as much as, like, you know, like, a person, like, like, it's not so much about the personal relationship as it is about, like, you know, like, just Pink Diamond and her total willingness to just 
abandon all responsibility and hide for 6,000 years. Right. (laughs) Even, like, her target, it was, like, it's Earth, specifically. Like, it wasn't... You know, it wasn't targeting the diamonds in any way. It wasn't. It wasn't specifically focused. It was just on that political ambition that kind of took her away. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just really had trouble viewing her through like the lens of someone who is supposed to be an adult. Uh, just she seemed it. It yeah, just yeah, read to me. I doubt you're supposed to. I don't know. I mean, it just read to me kind of like abused child. Yeah, how exactly. It, I mean, like, she literally stood there for like six thousand years. Um, so I don't know. I mean, to me, I, I reacted a little bit kinder. I'd also just come off Game of Thrones, but like, I don't know. It, it, I know, like when you think about them both as Pink Diamond's child, like both her and and Stephen as Pink Diamond's yeah, exactly. child, that brings mm. them all And also, like this just occurred to me. You know how like Pearl was physically unable to tell Stephen about Pink Diamond. Was Spinell physically unable to move from that spot? Yeah, I, I yeah. think in some ways that's possible. <sighs> that is fucked up. Yeah. I don't think so because she is eventually able to move. Yeah, well, Pearl was eventually able to tell Steven. Right, but Pearl is able to tell Steven for different reasons. I think it's more like gems. They're not house elves where they literally can't. Right. I think it's more just like it is so against their coding and how they're brought up not not like coding is in like socialization that they wouldn't think to challenge in order unless right. like what happened with her was that obviously she realized oh she's just never coming back yeah yeah she finally be, well it was because she saw that broadcast with steven yeah oh right so she, she also maybe maybe she actually couldn't then but she found out like pink diamond's not there at all like that's that's not who ordered her well she waited like, mm-hmm. Pink Diamond tells her to wait. Mm-hmm. I guess the other part of it for me was that I it felt like a reiteration of what we already knew. It was like, right, we all know Pink Diamond's, like, self-centered and um, doesn't understand the repercussions of her actions. And yeah. well, like, hurts, I think- pe- like, hurts people. Couldn't we have... I don't know. I felt like we spent several seasons unpacking that, like, Pink Diamond is kind of the worst I think that, that, like, we're supposed to be all, like, because Steven said at the very end that he's always going to have work to do. Right. I, mean, I think. Yeah, there's always going to be shitty implications of shit that roasted. did. It's, it's not really supposed to inform anything about Pink Diamond that we don't know. Like, like Steven yeah. even said, I'm not surprised in, in one bit. It's supposed to inform or kind of neatly package everything our characters went through so that we can reflect on it and be like, oh, yeah. That is Steven's superpowers change and like all of that. Mm-hmm. I also realized her design, if anyone watched Kill a Kill, she reminded me exactly of um Nui. The, no, nobody uh, the has seamstress. watched their animes. Kill a Kill's pretty popular. I don't know. <laughs> what, did you guys, what did you guys think about the diamonds? Since this um, is the only other, you know. <laughs> I don't like. White Diamond is all like suddenly like somebody's grandma. Like, oh, you never yeah. call. You never visit me. Well, yeah. we haven't seen them in a couple years, so it's possible there's development. I, I don't know. All the criticisms about how that diamond ending was a little rushed anyway, it, it felt to me kind of like they skipped the interesting stuff with the diamonds right. and the hard work that would have followed in those two years. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was excited to see more right. of. Yeah, I was, I think, yeah, I would have wanted, I feel like this could have been an opportunity to kind of explore what the diamonds have been doing because we we start the movie and it's like oh well i've dismantled your dismantled your colonialist empire 
What? Home now. Bye. It's like, but how did you do that? And like, yeah, like why it took girls six thousand years to like get over that. So I'm sure the entire empire will do it in two years. Fine. Right. So I understand the people's criticisms who say like yeah. that we didn't get enough with the diamonds. That everything we've had with the diamonds has been pretty rushed. And I agree with that. Yeah, especially when like. This is maybe a weird point to make. Spinell is not a fascist. She's like a good old fashioned terrorist, I guess, in this yeah. in this context. Right. The diamonds literally were fascists. Yeah. And when you're telling a story about that and there's, you know, real world politics to be related to this kind of stuff, and you have a conclusion where it's defeated. If the criticism's that that's rushed, like, I don't know. It just, to me, that's the kind of thing that you'd want to take a little more care with and mm-hmm. just a little more time really laying out a strong case for. And I understand it's a kid's show. Like, this isn't supposed to be a literal guide arming us against fascist takeovers or anything like that. Right. It's supposed to more just, like, teach people the importance of communication and empathy. Mm-hmm. But I still think that there's, there's real-world stuff that just complicates and you you need to be a little more conscientious when it comes to that i agree oh we haven't mentioned the Stephen greg fusion oh my god (gasps) amazing hunk yes whatever they're calling him i've seen him called steg but i like grieven better steg steg is what's officially on the wiki because grieven is like they're grieving because they're both what who's left after rose died but he's just got this like forearms like this burly chest and his hair is like old school elvis hair like big giant like whatever you call the thing that's stick- i don't know it's, he's, gr- got it's a delightful. he's got a six-pack ripped off jean shorts and and flip-flops, flip-flops. <laughs> it's so great <laughs> and like a crop top it's and like killer yeah. sideburns i love all of it yeah it is everything that i would have wanted out of a stephen greg fusion and i didn't even know i wanted a stephen greg fusion and then it was I- happening and i was like what and Greg finally gets to fuse. Right? Greg finally figured out what it was like with his son. <laughs> Amazing. It was Steg. Yeah, it was Steg. Ah, steg. that's too bad. Perfect. Yes, loved that. Um, what did you guys think about the, the arc about the gems having amnesia and like recapitulating all their character growth? I mean, that was definitely like the best part of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that working almost like a uh, Ember Islands player kind of like creative mm. way around a clip show. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see it used within the movie. I guess th- this is standing alone of the of the TV episodes in some ways. So I n- not like you would go into this blind. I just mean maybe they're kind of viewing it more as like a stalling so that the TV episodes can pick up. Mm. That, so. I see it working really, really well for that. But it was just a very creative way for us to kind of like remember the highlights. And Amethyst coming back as the first one was like killed me. That was great. Yes. Anything Amethyst kills me. O- only thing I just wish, uh, I just wish Lapis had had a little more screen time. Yes, I agree. Um, although she, her star, she's still got her star. It looks great. Yeah. Yep. I did like the increased role for Bismuth. I I enjoyed Bismuth's like role in the story. Yeah, her scaffolding. <laughs> no, not my scaffold. <laughs> and apparently, like, an Earth beetle. They're out of their afternoon constitutional. In the two years, also since since they dismantled fascism and and fixed everything, no one was poofed again because all of their designs were the same. So, yep. good well, they job, haven't team. been fighting anything. Like they haven't had any industrial accidents. Apparently Everything's not. perfect. 
I mean, that was what that whole song was about at the beginning. Yeah, that's like, true. Happily Ever After is perfect. Yeah, um, yeah and it's now. People have noted the lack of Jasper. Yeah, I'm sure they have. She has the following that scares me. Yeah, it does scare me. But I was intrigued that she didn't even get, like, a background cameo. Like, she didn't even, like, see her in the... Like, where where is Jasper? Jasper was also healed along with all of the other gems. Yeah, she had a background gems. cameo there. Yeah, that's a little strange. So where is... where We didn't even see Jasper in the background this time. Yeah. So. So. We will see. Yeah, we're a little long on this segment, but we're going to be unpacking the rest of this movie, especially comparing it to how the show's run has been and, and some of the bigger questions surrounding this movie in our final segment but we got transitioned into a fun segment and based on your reactions to kill a kill i have to sell you on some anime oh my stars i touched it i could have lost all my character development no <laughs> nope okay. not gonna work Okay, segment over. That's it. That's the segment. <laughs> That's the segment. Just do I go, no? No. So, anime. Um, I wrote an article about this for Fundamentals Plus subscribers on thefundamentals.com. But I should note, as a genre, anime has been something I've always kind of like avoided. I tried to watch Naruto when I was in high school, and it was not good. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> Um, and I apparently was watching the best part of it too, which is the beginning. Oh. And it just didn't work for me. I did watch all of Cowboy Bebop, but that's like a standalone and kind of very much its own thing in certain ways. So, uh, again, like I just, I just never like stuck with any kind of anime. Uh, Avatar, the last airbender and legend of Korra are not anime. They're Western no. animations, uh, drawn by a South Korean animation studio. A lot of people confuse that. Mm. So they kind of have the look. They kind of have the look, but they have fully animated lip flaps, which is very different than how anime does lip flaps, which is basically like the stereotype is just open or closed, two modes. That's it. <laughs> and and it kind of looks distraction if you're if you're not used to it completely. And also anime is, you know, in Japan. So recently I have been watching more anime, and a lot of that is that Griffin has watched a good amount of his time and he can recommend shows that he thinks I would like, because you know, we we have similar tastes in things. Uh, and you like Griffin so much. Maybe you should marry him. Maybe I should just marry him. <laughs> no, that'd be gross. <laughs> so I've watched quite a few anime, and I think I have some that you would totally watch. No, at this point, and 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 I should also note, Griffin has done an excellent job of weeding out the anime you should never ever watch because there's like. It's a mixed bag, okay? As a genre, it's a mixed bag, and there's a lot of crap out there. So, for instance, uh, there's this Sword Art Online abridged parody series on YouTube that I watched with never seeing Sword Art Online. And it's an amazing abridged series, even with no context. I would highly recommend it to anyone. But I tried watching Sword Art Online, and just, no. The protagonist has no characteristics, the episodes are disjointed. There's just a different female character that will throw themselves at him for no reason. And that's it. It's like a really popular one. What? So, okay. Uh-huh. Cool. The the premise is that they're all trapped in an MMO and they have to beat it. You know, an MMO that's famous for having an endpoint. Right. So, mm. yeah. Hmm. Anyway, don't watch Sword Art Online is, is my recommendation. Okay. 
So I'm going to start off with a softball that I know you guys will like, and I'm particularly thinking of Gretchen in this case. It just was released onto Netflix. It's actually only 13 episodes out so far, and there's going to be a part two released, I think, at the end of the year or something like that. It's called Carol and Tuesday. It is by the creator of Cowboy Bebop, and it is basically the gayest shit I have ever watched, (laughs) and it's delightful. It's about uh, two young girls they're like 16 18 maybe I, f- I think 18 uh one's named carol and one's named tuesday and it's set in the future where the earth has kind of had an accident so people are now living on a terraformed mars oh. and basically music production is dominated by ais who create music and then singers who perform it so these two girls are just completely drawn to each other by the way it's an interracial relationship although they're not canonical yet but that's just kind of nice icing <laughs> on the cake yes and they write their own songs together and just have this complete like you know moment and it clicks and it's it's a story about them starting to make it there's this guy producer who like discovers them because they accidentally did a gorilla performance uh, basically carol just wanted to play on a grand piano so they had to go to a, a place it's funny that, that had her name one. is carol what? It's funny that her name is Carol. It's spelled like Christmas Carol, like with an E on the end. Mm, so that makes it funny. a little different. Yeah. It's great. It's adorable too, because she always calls Tuesday twos. And they're just they're just very <laughs> they're just very into each other. Their producer's ex-wife actually has like your hairstyle, Gretchen. And mm. they meet the ex-wife and they're like, Oh, it's our producer's ex-wife, whatever. And then she just like fawn makes out with another woman in front of them and they're like, um, <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. It's great. It's great. And then like the show centers around these really good music performances too. And there's music written in all different genres. And it's really weird too, because the guy who does the music, like he nails what it would sound like with robots, basically writing music where just, it sounds poppy and good and normal, but just a little off. And it's just so, so well done. So I highly recommend it. It's only 13 episodes out. It's very endearing. It's very earnest in a way that like almost makes you want to cringe, but it's too adorable for that. Okay. 100%. That's what I would start you off with. It's an anime. Do it. Watch it. And the animation style is also really cool. It's like the way it's stylized. It's almost like softer. It's really nice. So yeah, that's my number one recommendation. Uh, My number two recommendation, and I don't, know that I'm going to be able to describe this is Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> Griffin's laughing in the background. Is that like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? It's not like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, no. Um, it's a multi-generational adventure story <laughs> where each part is like a different genre. So the first one is is like a it's like a vampire mystery. I don't even know how to fucking describe the second one. Indiana Jones, maybe. The third part is Around the World in 80 Days. The fourth part is like a small town murder mystery. Oh, but I like those. It's hilarious. The whole thing is just really, really funny. I, okay. I can't even explain the humor and how it works. It's just, it's over the top. It's also kind of like... Part two is my favorite because Jonathan's the best Jojo. There's there's multiple Jojos. So basically the first one is uh, named, or I'm sorry, Joseph is the best one. Jonathan Joestar is the first one. So he is Jonathan Joestar. They call him Jojo. And he is boring as sin. 
but he's very like proper English gentleman. His son is Joseph Joestar, and Joseph Joestar is like a little shit, and he's the best one. Grandson? I'm getting all of this wrong. Grandson. Thanks, Griffin. That's a very important detail, clearly. And uh, I don't don't know. It just goes from there. There's others. There's others. There's Josuke. There's Jotaro. Like they're they're all unique and different. It's just hilarious. I can't describe it. You kind of have to watch it and tell me if you like it. Sorry, but you should do it anyway. It Just sounds watch it. interesting. Like, it sounds like something that, like, because it's kind of weird, I like weird. The only thing, I, I will say, like, if you were hoping for well-written female characters, don't. Okay. <laughs> They're just not in this. It's it's clearly written by a guy who I don't think knows what he's doing. There is one <laughs> good female character, and her name is Lisa Lisa. Oh, okay. Okay. So you want yeah. us to watch this show? I do. I, I don't watch it because I think it's like this amazing art form. It's just really, really funny and entertaining to watch. But it's kind of, it's almost a case of like no representation. So it's not necessarily offensive representation, mm. if that helps. Okay. It's like so it, how All Quiet on the Western Front isn't anti-feminist, okay? Right, exactly. <laughs> so... I, I would still recommend it. Uh, the, apparently, one of the parts that hasn't been animated yet has a female protagonist in it. So I haven't I haven't read the manga. I don't know if he's good at writing it. The only thing I know about it is that the female protagonist has to take a pee break in the middle of a fight. Oh, Women she has have a tiny, tiny bladder, like Toph. Yeah. What? Like Toph has a tiny bladder. That's my is favorite. Is that canonical? Yeah. Well, that it was that episode where. Uh, Aang was having all those, uh, he couldn't sleep. He was having all those hallucinations. Mm. And uh. one of the dreams that he dreamed was that they were thwarted in battle because Toph had to stop for a pee break. Oh. Hmm. I have totally forgotten about that episode. Yeah. Oops. That was a hilarious episode. I should rewatch. That was a hilarious he episode. He forgot all his right. math homework. We should, we should just watch Avatar again, even though it's not anime. Just watch Avatar again. And I think I have time for one more recommendation for you. So I'm going to go with one that I think is a little broadly appealing to anime first timers. And that is My Hero Academia. It's, I do uh, like Academia. You do like Academia. That's great because it's high school anime. But like, you know, Japanese high schools are, are kind of like a very different thing. And mm-hmm. the kids all live in like apartment buildings and go there. Yeah. But My Hero Academia, it's it's a very cool principle. It's actually very similar world building to One Punch Man, or rather One Punch Man is probably similar world building to My Hero Academia. But the mm-hmm. idea is that there are, I think 75 or 80% of the world has something called a quark, which is basically a superpower. Mm. Um, and then there's people who don't have quarks and they're in the minority, which is very interesting. But there is this fully institutionalized system of superheroes because while there's good people with quarks, there's also bad people with quarks. So like you can, you register to become a superhero and like you can make a life fighting you know, the villains. And of course there's this whole thing where you have to like really focus on your branding and compete for top spots and do ads as superheroes and stuff like that too. It's very Japanese. Mm-hmm. It's exactly. And it's interesting though, the main character, uh, I, I just call him Deku, but I forget his real name. It's longer. Yes. Midoriya. Thank you. 
<laughs> He's just caught up from the couch. Uh, so he is quirkless. And basically he has a happenstance run into like the ultimate hero who's voiced by this guy with this very booming voice. And he's he's like the Captain America stand-in. Mm. And he determines that Deku is worthy of his greatness and will give his quirk to him. And he's trying to get into this really prestigious high school that trains kids with quirks it's like by far the best one but the thing that's great about it too it's definitely it's a high school anime so it's kind of you know it's it's kid friendly in that way but there's actually a really really good spectrum of characters all with very interesting traits so Deku is certainly the main character and it's kind of his relationship with Bakugo who's just this horrible hothead but he's driven only by wanting to be the best which means the best hero so he's not in any way bad Uh, but there's just a really really large cast of characters really interesting applications of quirks I don't even care about like the fighting mechanics that much but it's just cool how you see them applied Mm. Which jo- Jojo, in, is starting in part three, actually has a cool power that the characters have that are applied in interesting ways. I probably didn't mention that in Jojo either. But yeah, back to My Hero Academia. There's also a character who's just like unabashedly like Asami, so I'm going to stand her <laughs> at the end of my days. Not at all the basis for why I like the show, but she has the best quirk by far, which is that she can create anything non-organic like out of her body. So she actually runs around with an encyclopedia so she can look up formulas at all times because she has to know like the chemical structure of it to make it. Can she make Uh, food? No, it's organic. But she has to eat a crap load of food because it it uses a lot of calories. So So what kind of stuff does she make? She makes like she makes or? like blankets that are good insulators against electricity, so that in a mm-hmm. fight when they're fighting on the side of someone who can zap people with electricity, they can hide and be protected. Like that. Can kind of she stuff. make? Can she make an encyclopedia full of formulas? She could make an encyclopedia if she knew all the formulas within the encyclopedia. She can also make giant sound speakers. There's there's no limits to what she can do. It's everything. She can make everything. She she makes little Russian nesting dolls that have flashbang grenades inside them. So like she can make anything. <laughs> That's not the point of the show. She's she's not even a big character. Well, she's up there. Anyway, it's just a sprawling cast of characters. It's really fun engagement. It's uh, the main character is just nice in that way that main characters are supposed to be nice, but he feels like a textured person too. He's not Blandy McFace, like the leader of Sword Art Online, which is I, I cannot rip on that show enough. Anyway, you should check it out. It's a really easy way into anime. And actually, Bo wrote a piece saying, I don't even like anime and I like the show. Cool. So did I sell you? Did I at least sell you on Carol on Tuesday, Gretchen? Because I want to talk about it with someone else. Okay, yeah. I mean, okay. I have watched other animes, so I was I was the less difficult sell. Damn it, Julia, did point. I sell you on anything? Um, Am I allowed to say no? No. Uh, so yes, absolutely. I'm going to watch all of these things. You sound so sent, convincing. If I sent you a link to watch these things, would you? Uh, can I like watch them while I'm doing other things? Yeah. Okay. If that's how you feel about I it. Mean, I mean, I watched about half of, like, that Mendoka Magica one. I would make you watch JoJo. Mm. The bad guy shows up and the first thing he does is kick a dog. That's not nice. But it's, like, hilarious. Okay, you just have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's it. Watch anime. Um, be discriminating about the anime that you do watch, is what I've learned. But, yeah, there's lots of good stuff out there. So I should watch Dragon Ball Z? I mean... <laughs> You could. Like, it's fine. I, I watched some of that in college. Um, Goku uh, sure runs for a while. It, I, yeah. My son really likes... Uh, he did really like uh, 
that one with the guy with the headband who kept running. What's his name? Starts with an N. That's Naruto. Naruto. Yeah, he was really not, and he really liked uh, Hikaru no Go too. That's an anime. It's about people who play Go. Oh. Okay. He was really into that for a while. Well, so you have some great options there, then, <laughs> listeners. Let us know if that's something you'd like to watch. <laughs> Mm. or also recommend your favorite anime in the comments below because I'm looking for more suggestions uh, I just finished up Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and it was fantastic and I'm now watching Fate Zero nice yeah it's nice uh, oh Julia you would hate Fate Zero because guess who's in it Who? I, I don't know Natalie Portman Alexander the Great what? I hate Alexander the Great will everybody please shut up about him they haven't <laughs> shut up about him for like 2,500 years. I like how your answer is Natalie Portman. And then... <laughs> and it's Alexander the Great. Yeah. It's that's... Alexander God, the Great. I hate Alexander the Great. Please tell me in the comments what was so great about this asshole. Thank you. And on that note, we transition <laughs> back to talking about Steven Universe. You thought your first kiss would be Jojo, but it was I, Dio! <laughs> So, back to Steven Universe. Um, <laughs> Thank God. Yay. <laughs> Julia is probably very grateful that we're returning to an animated show she actually enjoys. <laughs> um, so, kind of the, what we were talking about in the first segment was more like the movie on its own merits. So, for this section, we're going to kind of dig into like the movie compared to the show, kind of bigger, bigger picture kind of stuff. So, for me, like the bit, one of the, I mean questions that I wrote down was whether or not the characters and arcs made sense with what we had already seen. And we kind of touched on this a little bit, but it was the idea, it was felt like a recap, especially for the rest of the Crystal Gems. But even some sense for Steven, like they got to relive kind of the highlights of their arcs, especially the other Crystal Gems. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of relive yeah. their, and recapture kind of the the love and beauty. And that was kind of fun. I liked that. Yeah, I mean, I'd say they make sense, whether it was the most exciting thing that could have happened right. or what I would have, if I had my druthers, preferred to watch. Mm-hmm. Not as much. Yep. I think as I'm thinking more about Steven, one of the things that is interesting about Steven's arc, even though he is dealing with the same things, in a sense, he's dealing with Rose's legacy, Pink Diamond's legacy, is that he definitely has a different... You can tell that he has a different approach to dealing with his mom in the movie than he has all the rest of the five seasons of the show. Because in the, yeah. the rest of the show, Steven, in a sense, felt like he was responsible for his mom's crimes and that yeah. he felt responsible for fixing them and that the diamonds, I mean, quite literally thought that he just was actually mm-hmm. Pink Diamond. Whereas in the movie... Not only is he like intentionally trying to be like, I'm not pink, guys. Like, please, I'm not. I'm not her. I'm going to go back to Earth now because I'm not actually Pink Diamond. And But he also, the way he treats Spinel, he seems to have much more awareness of the fact that like he's not actually responsible for fixing Pink Diamond's problems. Like, Spinel is hurt because of Pink Diamond, but Steven has stronger boundaries with Spinel mm-hmm. than he did with any of the other issues that he had to deal with with his mom. Like he was literally going to go on trial for Pink Diamond, like, rebelling. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, that's a good point. And in this time, like, when he was dealing with Spinel, he was was like, no, you you have the chance to become a better person, but it's not my job to fix you. 
because I'm not pink. I'm not responsible for abandoning you. Like, I'll give you the space to help yourself, but not actually fix you. So that was that was actually an interesting... I hadn't really thought about that before, but something that one of you guys said made me think about that. You know who had a, a great arc, I guess, in the two years off, for, you know, in, in the time jump, but uh, it was Connie going to space camp. Yeah! <laughs> She's like, my parents support me now. And Steven's like, uh, okay, but you've been to space. And she's like, well, they're, they're supporting me. I have to, like, you know, take them up on this. That was funny that he was like, you've literally been to space. Why are you going to space camp? I just like that she comes running back in, like, a full-on NASA suit. Yes. <laughs> she's like, what I miss? What I miss? Uh, everything? Like, the movie? Uh, they did kind of weirdly sideline some characters. Yeah. I like more Connie. Like, the Heaven and Earth Beetle? I think they just... Oh, they sidelined the heaven and earth beetles? Yeah, I, I a- want to know what their daily life is like now, that they have time to go for a constitutional every afternoon. It's the movie that we missed out on, really. Yeah. Like, yeah, what did they do? A day in the life of the heavenly beetles. Yes, mm-hmm. the heaven and earth beetle, who are yeah. totally married. So- hey, well, clearly married. I bet they have a garden, Julia, because they, they take at, like, constitutionals. That's something that, like, old British ladies do. yeah. So they probably have like they probably keep a garden. Yeah, they're they're like that Miss Marple story where yes. like they're they're obviously like girlfriends. Yes. But nobody ever mentions it at any point. Yep. Yeah. They're they're like those old British ladies. Yeah. Hopefully one of them won't get murdered with like a clothesline. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Miss Marple. Agatha, We're talking about Agatha Miss Christie, Marple. And Agatha Christie book. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so I do think, Gretchen, following the question about did it make sense with what came before, which it it did. There was subtle development, but it, again, it was more recapping. I think the question is, was this a satisfying way to continue the series? Uh, is is this something where happy exists? Yeah, I mean, sure. I'm not like unhappy it exists. This was, however, the first time that I ever felt disappointed, like actually disappointed by something Steven Universe created. Because I wasn't even all that disappointed with the ending of season five. I wasn't. Um, But this was the first time I watched something Steven Universe, and I was like, eh, it was fine. It wasn't bad. There were some things I really liked about it, but I wasn't like, yay. I don't know. I wasn't as hype as I normally am after I watch Steven Universe content. Yeah, I I just kind of hope that Steven Universe doesn't, like, go all Simpsons on us and just, like, outstay its welcome. Mm. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. Hooray, Wait, my what? reservation for my Airbnb is confirmed. That just like it'll just keep going on and on and on long before the story actually ends. Tell us more about your Airbnb, Julia. Yeah, I, I'm gonna <laughs> stay at an Airbnb after oh my God. I attend Kylie's wedding. Yes. That that's the real topic of this podcast, is my <laughs> is my upcoming nuptials. No, I mean again, I don't think like looking back, this is how I would have wanted the series to be if I had to choose which story this would have been what I picked for continuing the series. Yeah. But it seems like it wasn't really trying to advance the plot in that mm. way. I think it was supposed to be like, if someone skipped it, they're not going to get lost. Yeah. Like I, I think I said this at the end of season five, just like, I'm not sure where they're going to go at all from here. Right. Yeah. I'm not and, sure either. Yeah. Just like, unless they have like diamond redemption arc for a few seasons, like just, well, they're there, I guess, because they, they adore Steven and they just sing songs about it and adore Spinell. The, yeah, the diamonds need a lot more flushing out. I a agree. lot. 
I can't say I was disappointed in this while I was watching it. Like for me, it was more just like, oh, this is a really pleasant way to spend Saturday morning. Mm, and I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad I had it for that. But that said, I don't have any compulsion to go and rewatch it again. And I, I like right. rewatch everything. Yeah. With Steven Universe, I could rewatch pretty much everything. Even the weird episodes of season one. Like, nope, I would, no, nope, I'm nope. never going to watch Cat Fingers ever Cat again. Fingers, never again. <sighs> no. But yeah, um, I'm, I might say be saying something a little controversial. I can't think of any of the songs that I really, really like. Like, they were fine, but like, there's like some songs from Steven Universe that like, Mm, I really like like it's over yeah and that let's think about love (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I want that playing on my wedding day giant woman Garnet had that song about it's the true kind of love that I liked it wasn't the best Garnet song ever but I really liked it and I can actually than you what an awesome song oh gosh yeah but yeah none of these these songs are awesome they were were fine the best use of Estelle either but yeah. no, I mean, I, I think they're all fine. Um, Panda Tooth is a piano player on YouTube, and he's done a lot of medleys of of, song, of like shows that we've liked over the years. So mm-hmm. like he did Legend of Korra and Avatar and stuff like that. And he has a medley of songs from the Steven Universe movie, and it's very, very pleasant in that way. But yeah, there's nothing that I'm like really trying to download or play myself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of... It felt like... I don't know. I feel like if the movie, it's weird. It's one of those situations where I feel like Steven, the, the crew universe really had honed to a very fine point, their ability to pack in a ton of stuff within 11 minutes mm-hmm. that it almost felt like when they were given more space, they didn't quite entirely know what to do with it. Or like not in the same, not, it wasn't as precise. And that's part of it. Steven Universe, I'm used to being so precise and mm-hmm. so like on point because you only have 11 minutes. So being able to tell mm-hmm. a really good story in 11 minutes is such a skill. And I feel like the crew universe has that skill honed to a very fine point. But when they were given like an hour and a half or two hours, it, I don't know, it wasn't as, like, crisp and, like, on point as Steven Universe normally is. Like, there are a lot of scenes that I feel like, like, were more filler than I'm Mm -hmm. used to Steven Universe having. Like, I don't think of Universe as having filler. But it, like... Like, what was filler? Um, like, just some of the... I can't... See, the thing is, I can't even remember them because I was... Because I just, (laughs) like... But yeah, it definitely Yeah, that's that's kind of that, that it does have that quality like, huh? Like what happened again? Right. Like I can't remember like I'm thinking of like what are the songs that I'm just like mm-hmm. not thinking highly of. I, I like can't think of it like that Sadie Killer song. That's like the only one I can remember off the top of my head. Yeah, no, I mean it was it was a little draggy, I think, mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. It, it's weird. It's I can't say it was like a bad quality, it no. just it was uh, a little off color. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I think it really <laughs> I think it really was that if if I feel like they could have done the same story over the course of a season and it would have been better. Yeah, like uh Spinella's the new Peridot, basically. Right. Yeah. I feel like this sh- I, I was like, like, can we talk about how much I love Peridot? Who just yes. like let's talk about the theme. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Just like, oh, no, my character development, I love her so much. That was amazing. That was such a great She's so line. Good. <laughs> and her voice actor is just so good too. Like Claude. Yeah, that was my the character development. <laughs> I might lose. I don't want to touch it. I might lose all my character development. 
<laughs> it was great. Uh, Maybe was- how it took them some time to stop trying to kill Steven. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess the biggest question I have is where the show's going from. Yeah. And, and I know that that's like what we have next on our bullet point, but I mean more, is there going to be filler? Uh, not filler. Are they going to fill in the two years? I mean, that- like, uh, Steven, real life Steven, whoever, whatever his name is, he, he can't go back to being 14. It's clearly impossible. No. So. No, you can, unfortunately, you can tell his voice changed pretty, like, it's very set that his voice has changed now. Yeah, like, somebody else's voice is changing. Oh. Oh. He's becoming a man. Growing up. Um, but yeah, no, I I'm curious to see what happens after this. But by, by someone she was talking about Tris. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> yes, your cat whose voice is changing. <laughs> don't don't embarrass him. <laughs> is he sensitive about it? Oh yeah. Does of he course. does he squeak sometimes when he meows? <laughs> sometimes he mews and nothing comes out. <laughs> oh. He just like is going for it. It's like no. My old man cat does that. Be like he opens his mouth and you can tell he's trying. And you're like, I'm sorry, buddy. So- anyway, so what we were saying about Stephen Universe? Sorry, where, what's totally happening? Like, where can they go from here? Yeah, because well, like if they don't fill in two years, then it's kind of like uh, I don't know what to do with these diamonds. Yeah, right? no, just like they dismantled the whole like colonialism thing, brick by brick. Yeah, just like off screen. In the magical land. I mean, it kind of reminds me of the, like, democracy that they set up in Republic City. (laughs) Because the only thing... I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because I do think they've earned it. Even even if we think the movie was a little miss, I just... I I don't think it really set out to do much in the way of plot advancement. I agree. I don't think they structured it that way. But what they could do if they wanted, you know, keep the the guy who voices Steven Universe as a surly teenager is uh, they could maybe have a test of the diamonds like resolve mm. to being not fascists anymore. Right. Well, and that, we, could, that could still get at some of the work that they had to do. Right. And we still don't know where white diamond came from. So there's potentially something they could fill in white diamonds backstory and they could do even like a compare and contrast kind of thing, like showing what it used to be like. And then showing what it's like now, or yeah, like you said, some kind of yeah test. They could bring in a total other alien race that oh, that'd be so cool. That then puts pressure on the diamonds, maybe even like exactly, exactly. That's what I was thinking, like a competing colonizer or something, mm, right? But I, I just think that we can't. I'll be very disappointed if the diamonds kind of get shoved aside and that's it. Like they're just on homeworld and there's new homeworld and we're not going to get more in the way of understanding how white is a nice doting grandma now. Right. Because she blushed. Yeah. She blushed. And then she's not <laughs> perfect. She realized that she's not perfect. I liked that ending. I Whatever. did like that Sue actually. Me. Yeah. I actually did like a lot of that. I do think it was a little bit rushed, but I did like a lot of it. I also just kind of, I've never shipped anything on this show. I really haven't. I don't understand how you ship the show. I I don't. But that said, I kind of want Lapidot to just be a thing now. Yeah. That'd be nice. I'm just kind of ready for it. I don't really have all about heaven and earth. Heaven and earth beetles. Yeah. Lapidot is my favorite. 
It always has been because it's all about mutual healing. And that's my favorite kind of dynamic. Exactly. Is mutual healing arc. And that's what they exactly. have. Exactly. They're just cute. They are cute. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> Yay, Steven Needors. I mean, they Steven seem to be very good friends. <laughs> they own a okay. farm together. Yeah. Do they still have the farm? I assume so. Did nothing happened Where, to the we farm. Didn't see pumpkin. Did we see pumpkin? No, we did not see pumpkin. <gasps> Why didn't we yeah, see see, pumpkin? We didn't what see happened pumpkin to pumpkin? Child. It's been two years. It probably rotted. How long? How long does a pumpkin child live? <laughs> I don't know. Are we? Are they like hamsters or are they like dogs? They had to make some pie. What do you want? Oh no, no, Kylie. Yeah, no, pumpkin. Too dark. You Too don't. Dark. I mean, you don't make a pie out of your child unless you're the phrase. And this is not Game of Thrones. <laughs> Remember remember when Lapis left and Peridot was like, Pumpkin will miss you? Yep. <laughs> remember when Lapis left and Peridot was like playing sad country music in a bathroom? <laughs> remember when she wore a yellow sundress to the wedding? Oh, yes, I do. And With then, little shoes. And then Bismuth hurled her at, at Yellow Diamond's face. Or was it Blue Diamond? <laughs> You just and, throw a peridot at her. Just know she, that Bismuth she, yeeted her, and it was great. And um, she she called Stephen wedding commander. Oh right, yep. Oh. Who's your wedding commander, Kylie? Um, you. I'm not gonna command your wedding. That's way too much responsibility. Me? Whose role traditionally is wedding commander? The wedding planner. Isn't that what it? What the role? Yeah. Uh, wedding you the rabbi do it. Like the lady with the kippah. Yeah, the rabbi's the wedding commander. Okay. Okay. I'll Let's keep that in mind. mind. I'll let him know. You should, you should, to- <laughs> Julia should totally walk up to the rabbi at one point and be like, hello, wedding commander. And just no context. Just say that. <laughs> I mean, like, that's probably something I would actually do. So, so don't tempt fate there. <laughs> I don't get to be the commander at my own wedding. <laughs> it would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's. W- I think we should probably wrap this up okay. because we've been gone for like an hour 20. That's, mm-hmm. right? That's a normal fundamentalist length. I remember yeah. things. Yeah. This and, is a regular and... podcast. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Oh. So I think our reaction in general is like, meh, meh. It was good. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Meh. Meh. yeah. It's, like, like, it's like the Duncan Egg novellas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's it is. Okay. Have you yeah. read those yet, Kylie? Read what? Duncan Egg. Nope. I'm oh, d- oh, I read a... Uh, I read the graphic novels of one and two. Okay, fine, but you should read Duncan Egg. It, it's it's you know it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. I'm read. I have the third graphic novel. I just haven't gotten to it yet. I do mm-hmm. really like Rohan Weber. Yeah, she's pretty interesting. I liked her character design. Yeah, she's yeah. kind of like a shorter Kylie. So what? She's very. My short. hair is not scary long. <laughs> Doesn't coil in your lap like a sleeping cat. I, I, I and I don't run around wearing spider shirts. I think that maybe like, um, what was I saying? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if her hair is long. Maybe she's just like so short that like it's comparatively long. I think it's both. Maybe, but she has her own like set of armor. Yep, she's pretty cool. Oh, also, people should read the Kiyoshi novel. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the Avatar Kiyoshi novel, and there's going to be a sequel. Oh yeah, Bo said it was really good. I haven't. I, I just like haven't had time for anything, but that is on my list because it, it sounds really good. It is. Re- it's really good. It was. I couldn't put it down. I read it in a day. 
Also, we're getting into fall, so Pumpkin shows spice? are coming back. <laughs> yeah, because I regularly watch TV shows. shows. Yeah. I, do- I don't. I mean, I don't, but like Batwoman is coming, and I, I feel oh, yeah. yeah, we, we check should it probably out. watch Batwoman. Yeah, we I probably just, should. I just feel like I have to. I was one of four <laughs> Batwoman fans in the fandom at one point. Four? It's a sparsely populated fandom. No, there's more than four, but it's it's uh like the same three people that you see posting ninety percent of the stuff. So yes, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty small. I was very active for a while. Yep. So yep, and then a Star War, and then a Star War at the end of the year. Yay! Is Palpatine going to be raised, Grandpappy? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is the big theory now. Uh-huh. She's Ray Palpatine. <laughs> It's just so stupid. But it I mean, I can see JJ Abrams doing it. Oh yeah, that doesn't mean I can't see JJ Abrams doing it, but it is stupid. <laughs> Though there is something like I will say the thematic resonance of having like the first trilogy where the Palpatine is the enemy and the Skywalker is the hero, and then having the sequel trilogy have that reverse. There is something kind of cool about a Palpatine as the protagonist and Skywalker as the antagonist, I will say. Yeah, that could work. But not I mean, to the just, point where I you have to like working. introduce this like that. Ray, nobody was so good. I just I love, yes. stand by that. I'm I mean, like as long as they have gray force, I'm okay with it because one, it will upset the fanboys. Two, it like makes sense thematically. Right. So. It does. Oh, also, I just finished reading Master and Apprentice, which everyone should read. It is also a very good Star Wars. Oh novel. my god! Speaking of Star Wars books, it's really good. Why did it take me so long to read Plurian Princess of Alderaan? I don't know. It's okay, so, so I have good. I have a question. I have a question. Question. Right? Did they do it in the garden after the party? <laughs> um, it's highly suggested. It I mean, is highly suggested. It's I'm a very so... erotic. You scene. cannot imagine how happy I am about that. <laughs> yeah. So Claudia Gray, who wrote Leia, Princess of Alderaan, mm-hmm. wrote Master and Apprentice, which is an yeah, Obi Wan Kenobi it's about Qui-Gon Jinn novel. Leia Pre- takes an orienteering course. Yeah. And she like she like turns out to be like this like master intelligence analyst. Yes. Yep. She's just like, look at all this disparate data. Now I'm gonna figure out where they're building the Death Star. And very and like clearly Claudia Gray clocks yeah. Leia as a Martel. Like you can oh, tell sure. that she's like, Yes, Leia is a Martel. I'm going to write <laughs> her like that. Read it, unless she's just like I don't even know what, like, Han superfans view Leia as. Like, what do they think she was doing this whole time? Um, They view her as, like, a damsel. <laughs> oh. I love it. Yeah, who finally saw... who She's the one who finally saw the worth in this, uh, you know... Scoundrel. Part of gold guy. Yeah. The beauty and the worth. Mm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, okay. lots of good books to read, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Go read... Uh, Read both of the Claudia Gray Leia novels. They're both yeah. excellent. They're both and really good. She, she like I, went into my brain and took out all of my Leia head cannons. Yes. And were like, I will write this specifically to make Julia happy. Yes, which are like the only good head cannons too, because it makes the beginning of Empire Strikes Back hilarious. <laughs> because it's just Han chasing around yep. his like really frigid girlfriend, trying to be like, but do you like me? Leia, come on. I'm leaving this time. I'm really leaving now. And she's like, fine, do it. See if I care. Okay. No more okay, sex dude, for I've you. Got, I've got do. <laughs> I don't have feelings. Yeah. I'm running a rebellion here, okay? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, Bloodlines is also delightful. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I'll, I'll try to check Grace that Leia has my... this ruthless streak. It's 
It's awesome. I love it. And, I think right. with my upcoming unemployment, I'll check it out. Don't you just mean Leia Organa has a ruthless yeah. streak? I mean, oh, it just is Leia. Yeah. She really understands Leia as a character. Anyway, we should probably be done. <laughs> in conclusion, Leia, tell us what you think of Leia or the Steven Universe movie in comments on the post that is going to be on thefundamentals.com. And also be sure to check out thefundamentals.com, as we said at the beginning of the episode, for probably much better and more focused content than this. <laughs> what are you we talking promise. about? We're very coolest. We promise we will be back next month, right? Yes. And we've yes. never backed up on promises before. So yes. you could take this one to heart. We will be in your podcast feeds Monthly. somewhat regularly. All right. Yeah. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Tell your friends about us for some reason. We love you all. Goodbye. And we will talk Thank to you. you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. really annoying me all the history podcasts are about him all of a sudden and i'm just like he was just some guy who was like let's conquer the world for no reason and like millions of people died kind of like egg on the conqueror exactly